Hey, I'm Daniel Colburn. And I'm Caleb Porzio. Welcome to 20% Time, where two coworkers discuss one programming topic every Friday for less than 20 minutes. What's up, Caleb? How's it going, Dan? Y'all? It's, it's going so good. So um, good. We are in Chicago. That's right. We are face-to-face. This is true. We're sitting across a marble table mm-hmm. from each other, and we've never done this face-to-face before. That's right. Before this Monday, we had never met in person, but we were at Titan on-site in Chicago, Yep. and we're recording a podcast in person. That's right. It's late on a Thursday night. Is it Friday? It is now Friday. It's now Friday. Thank <laughs> God, because that would have ruined the streak. Um, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about feature traits, eloquent model feature traits. So the premise of this is that, so, so let's say you have a user model, and your user model tends to get pretty bloated. So you have tons of methods that do uh, different things, but kind of related things. So let's say that you have a user model that, um, so, so if your user has followers, you might have a method called follow, and then you might have a method called followers. That's a relationship. And you might have a method called remove follower, right? So like all of those things could be grouped into kind of the, the, the feature of a user can follow another user, right? So I like to abstract those into a separate trait called maybe has followers, right? So like your user model would have a trait called has followers and all the related methods would go inside of that trait. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I picked this up from a Laracast series, like the, the whip monstrous code in the shape series, um, where, where Jeffrey proposes like, you don't necessarily need to only, you know, put things into traits that are used across separate models and classes. Um, he's like, I kind of like this one-off trait thing sometimes to group things together. So, so that's kind of the premise of, of what we're talking about. Okay, so in addition to like one-off uses of traits, Mm -hmm. I also want to talk about traits that you can use on multiple models, but that have some dependency on the database being a certain way. So something that would have to happen in a migration. So for example, if you put a relationship in a trait that requires a foreign key to be on your model, um, I feel weird about that, but there's a lot of places where I think like that should go in a trait. Um, so this authorable trait that I won't shut up about, uh, I think we talked about it on the first, uh, on the first episode where that was how we ended up at like with author okay. on the first episode. Right. Same code base. Yep. Same code. Okay. Several commits later, all of that lives in a trait now. And the reason it lives in a trait is because not only are tasks authorable, projects also need to be authorable. Right. Um, so the author for anything is always going to be a user. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be in the database as author ID. Right, right. So because it's only me working on this code base, I know anything that's authorable yep. has an author ID. Right. But if I'm working with a team or something, that's not like super clear. But as soon as you add that 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 has author or authorable trait to a model and then do any sort of code with it, it'll fail because it's not going to have the author ID field. Yeah, but it feels kind of weird to me to add to add methods to a class through a trait 
that require something special yeah from the database well i think because it's like we're talking about model traits and like anything with a model requires specific fields for the most part like in my mind like if it's going to be a model trait like it's it's going to know something it's going to have something to do with a database table and if it's shared between both of them and it requires i don't know i mean i actually have a has author trait that i use mm-hmm. and i'm fine with it like posts can have authors tags can have authors you can just add has author and then you just add i'm personally fine with it because because your thing's gonna break like if not you know but i i guess i see what you're saying well it just feels to me okay maybe this is like an over simplistic and idealistic utopian vision of traits Mm -hmm. but like to me it feels like i should be able to add this trait to something Mm -hmm. and then it should work instead of like i have to add this trait to something and then all everything's gonna fail and then i'm gonna have to go add a migration so if you add the soft deletes trait to an eloquent model Mm -hmm. and you don't have the soft deletes field on the table true what happens i don't even know I, i don't know i mean we could do it Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I imagine it would fail. Right. I mean, I personally think it's implied. It's like, here's a tool that you have. If you want to use it, you got to know something about it. Like for you to even use it, you mm-hmm. would have to know something about it. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this is an example though. I, I think it's really good for things like that uh, with model methods spe- or with model traits specifically. Um, authorable is a great example for me where it's it's something where it's like, this has a specific type of relationship mm-hmm. with another model. Yep. Um, and then there's, in addition to like just setting up the relationship, there's all this like has author right. and then there's like this authored by, yep. right? And so yep. you can put, you can create traits for both sides of the relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so like you would put like a author's posts. And, right. or, so, or it's tasks and projects, right? So it's like author's projects, author's tasks, um, traits that you could put on the user right to yeah to contain all of the like find all tasks authored by yep. this or whatever right. you yep. know yep. um so i don't know it i really like that mm-hmm. um there's something in me though and like there's this so we've talked about like small class fetishism which okay. is a yeah, thing right which is like well expound on that what is small class fetishism that uh a small the smaller your class is the more you feel like an awesome, sexy programmer god. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that sometimes we're willing to just like sweep dirt under the rug. Right. So that we can end up with like an 18-line class. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so there's something super sexy about like right. a you know 22-line class that's just like a list of traits. Yep. You know? Like fillable. Traits. Right. Yep. Just a and giant list. That, of tra- that's my model. So my feeling towards this to well, first let let let's give the opposing view. And so in, in our instance, we, we had this chat in in our discuss dev channel for mm-hmm. Titan, and and Matt said something along the lines of like, you know, kind of like like I I've have had to go through enough of other people's code bases where they do fancy stuff like this in their models to be really frustrated by this and be like, just just don't just keep it in your model so I know where your stuff is. So I don't have to go, you know, wandering around and figuring that stuff out. Um, so, so you, you could make the argument that it's not, it's not apparent where that functionality lives. You know, if there's an author method being called on your user and you go to the user model and you can't find it, there's that little gap. And so, so my response to that is, well, I guess one, 
um, it is a cost. So I will acknowledge that it is a cost. You're, you're moving it outside of the place where people think it would be, which is the eloquent model, the base model, not the, but you know, um, and, and you're putting it into, to a special trait. And so, so for me, you, you, you pay this cost, uh, to put it somewhere else, but then you get this reward of a well-named isolated space to put functionality. And, and I guess something that I, I, I've, I said earlier when we were talking about this is that like, I'm just glad that that I've named the thing like and the trait is the way it happened but now I have a name for it like if those methods are just scattered throughout the user model there would be no place where I would say that the user has an author you know you would just see all those methods and put two and two together I well, like you, you would see the relationship the relationship would say that there's an yeah author. yeah yeah but I'm sure there's other cases where it's not just you just a wouldn't say it in like a full nice English sentence. exactly and that's what I want I want the full nice English sentence. I, I I want the thing that like that just explains it in a somewhat verbose, clear way. I want the, the model that's just a giant list of single off feature traits. Okay. That's what I want. Yeah, so you're crazy. But, <laughs> okay, here's here's what I've been doing while you've been talking is compiling a list of strengths and weaknesses in my head. Do it. So I'm going to see if I can remember them. Uh, so weakness number one, you require one additional level of digging when someone's trying to understand your code. Yep. Uh, weakness number two, you can't grep a single file to change something. Okay. Uh, so for example, like if there was, you know, if there was a certain string that you needed to change everywhere in your user model, right? You can't just like grep the users.ph or the user.php okay. and change it everywhere. Right. Um, you're gonna have to go into all of those traits and change it. Right. Uh, those are the two weaknesses I can think of. Here is one big strength that I think. So there's. Obviously, like small class fetishism, that, mm -hmm. I, that's a strength if that's your thing. Right. You know, yep. that, if that's what helps you sleep at night. Um, yeah. But number two, and this is like a bigger thing, is like I'm always like trying to put my methods in the right order mm -hmm. in my file. Okay. And, and so, by right order, you mean. Like, I mean, which method goes first, which method goes second, which method goes third. Like like grouping based on relationships and things? Yeah, so there's like, a bunch of questions that come up, right? Right, it's like, okay, yeah, do I put, just what order. Do yeah. I put all of my relationships together? Right. Do I put all of my belongs to relationships together? Yeah, and this then is how all this whole my, thing started. Then all of my has many's? Right. Or do I group them by functionality? Do right. I put all of my author-related methods together and then... It's like, okay, so you got to assume that like once you've gotten your basic structures together, whether that's going to be like function of right. the method yep. or like the feature of the method. Right. Yep. Function of the method being like relationship or accessor or yeah, scope. The type. And yeah, the type of the method. Yeah. And then the feature of the method being like which feature of your right. domain it enables. To. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, once you figure out whether you're going to group it that way, then you got to assume like you alphabetize them probably like that's probably the right, right way to do it. Mm. Unless you want to say like if they're grouped by feature, then it should be like right. relationship right. scope. You would you know? alphabetize. Right. So th yeah, this is how this all actually came about is because I think Daniel and I started talking about this distinction between grouping like type and grouping or grouping by type and grouping by feature. Because I think it started that I like usually I, I group in my model just I have this mental thing like all right obviously properties go at the top 
and then I would put relationships at the top and then I would put the scope methods and then I would put accessors and mutators and then I put all the random methods you throw into models. Then I put the like uh, ob the the uh, observe like the boot method where you add your observers like way at the bottom, right? And so like this is the way I structure my models. But I started to find that like oh you know all like this one feature this has author thing is scattered throughout the whole thing, and all of these things are kind of stepping on each other. And I was like you know wouldn't it be really cool if we grouped this thing by its own feature? And I was like oh why wouldn't I put it in a feature trait? So I think that I think there's this this painful middle ground where I don't want to be. I don't want to feel that tension. So the answer for me is put it in a feature trait, and then you can even alphabetize it in the feature trait if you want, you know, and that would make more sense to me. And you should. And you should, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like you can find similar thought processes and tensions in the way you group your CSS selectors, right, or your properties. Caleb, you know what I just realized? What did you realize? We have never mentioned on this on this podcast, this podcast that you and I do. Mm -hmm. We've never mentioned uh, the Titan Linter. Oh right. Are the, you aware the of, Matt, of the, the Titan Matt Linter? Linter? The Matt Linter. Well, this is a project. Uh, perpetrated by one Logan Henson, one of our one of our esteemed coworkers. That's right. Yeah. Um and it's a it's a linter that you know, it's not like a PSR2 linter. Although I think it does do PSR2. Um it doesn't do PSR2, but what it does is tighten established code styles. Yep. And I have no idea if there's a rule in the Titan linter about method There is. Are me methods it, it should actually... be alphabetized? Well, oh, not that methods should be alphabetized. I don't think that. Um, but but just we're we're looking over at Logan to see his nods. But but that um, that that in your model there it is opinionated that you should put the relationships first, then the scopes, and that that part of the linter came out of this discussion and discussed dev. I'm pretty sure where we hashed it out. Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah, I, I guess there. So another interesting thing is. I, I look at the Laravel code base and I see the way, like, if you look at the base test case in mm -hmm. Laravel code base, it has, like, everything to do with making HTTP requests, like get and post and visit and see and all that, is in a trait called makes HTTP request. And mm -hmm. it's not used anywhere else. And Taylor puts it in a, a folder called concerns. And he often does that in certain parts of the application. I love that. Um, but you could make the point that, like, you so have why to... Why is it called concerns? Um... I don't know. I mean, he. I don't think he would. He wouldn't call it traits. It's just called concerns because I think it's his way of saying like this concerns the HTTP request. Yeah. Right. So the folder is called concerns where all the concerns live. So makes oh. HTTP requests lives in concerns, but also uh, like uh, I don't know sees JSON um, other th other uh, yeah. traits. You uh -huh. know. Um, just and I think anything in concerns is typically just one-off things. It's a way of breaking a giant class up into well-named chunks. And so I I referenced this in Discuss Dev and was like, hey, Taylor does this. I love it. I use it all the time. And then somebody else was like, well, you know, that the nature of Laravel being an open source framework is different than the everyday application where where it where developers are commonly switching in and out. Right, and because people don't need, like thousands of people aren't going to be code diving my task manager. Exactly, <laughs> right. Like they just want to go in and see like, I know how to use Laravel, just 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 use Laravel the way everybody does and then this thing will be so much easier. Well, it, that'd be real nice and all if uh, if everyone's code was out there and I could code dive through it, then I would, might know how everybody does it, right? Yeah. But we don't know how everybody does it, right? right. Different people do it different ways. Um, right, but I think if like if everybody just put everything in the model flat without any of these feature traits, yeah, then it, things might be a little easier. But they don't. Sure. Uh, but people do all kinds of stupid stuff. Like people do, like 
people will like bind a service to their model well, to put other, all their business th- logic. Like there, there's no like that's the that is the big tension we've just been we've like, been mulling over is mulling yeah mulling over the past couple episodes is like registering fancy things in service providers doing any sort of action in a model observer hidden you know any of those things like they're phantom things and they can be hidden even you know macros like the whole macro thing we covered that's another thing that's like pretty hidden so you get you get this benefit but but there's a cost and i don't think it's i don't think it's right to just say well every laravel app should be just this really simple way of doing things where everything's apparent I, and it's fair if somebody thought that but i don't like yeah. i think well, you gain a lot so pay the cost sometimes sometimes so like this is the thing on one end of this spectrum like every every laravel app in the world could be one very very long php file like sure. you could yep. just Put Just a bunch of classes in one huge PHP file. Index.php framework. In, yep. <laughs> it's a great one. It's it's really gaining in popularity. Yeah. Um, so that's on one side, right? Mm-hmm. On one side, we could have a hundreds of thousands of lines long PHP file okay. that is your app. Right. On the other side, we could have a hundred thousand, you know, ten line PHP files yep. that is your app, right? right? And so we want to be somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the the point where we say like this is the line is like when something is a commonly enough accepted convention that mm-hmm. people know to look for it, right? Right? And there's like a significant benefit to it. Yep. Right? So I feel like just the like the comfort of not having to fight the organization of your model mm-hmm. is almost enough of a benefit to say like I can alphabetize yep. these traits right. like they're alphabetized, yep. <laughs> but then I guess you have to decide: do I do I group traits by what type of trait they are, and then alphabetize them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, 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 but like I can alphabetize these traits, and then within the traits, like you know, then I yep. set up. How that, I, I mean, set that's up. where I'm at. I, I feel the way that I feel. Let it be known mm-hmm. that like I like these feature traits, and I think if more people started using them, I, I don't know. I. Okay, here's the thing. If somebody's jumping into my app for any amount of time, they'll see the pattern and they'll pick up on it quick. The same mm-hmm. way that I did with the Laravel core. Yes. That's the way I feel. If somebody, you know, I, I'd be very willing to hear somebody make a counter argument and say that it, it really is troublesome and their IDE makes it really hard or something like that. But but that's that's not where I'm at. I think it's really cool. I love naming things like in, in domain specific ways and I love grouping things and I love small make many small things right and so like that these things make me happy then that's where i stand let it you, i'm just gonna say it i know if i know one thing about you what do you know you, you like to name things i'd love to name things if i know two things about you okay you love to name and group things i do love to name and group things that's all of programming for me is naming and grouping and uh, all of the joys of programming yeah no so yeah i i understand the appeal of this yeah I have done it in my side project app and I still feel disgusted by the idea of a model that is just a list of traits. Okay. I feel like, I feel like if you can't make a case that this is a distinct feature from the base feature of the model, it doesn't go in a trait. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wait, say it again. Say it again. If you can't make an argument. Yep. That this behavior yep. encapsulates a feature, mm-hmm. and that that feature is different from the expected behavior of the model. Okay. 
then it shouldn't go in a trade. Yeah, right. I think I think naturally that's how it would pan out for me. I don't know. I, I'd have to think long and hard to agree with that. Okay, so like a comment, right? Yeah. Like a comment, what do we know about a comment? A comment gets attached to a post, mm-hmm. right? It uh, contains an author. Yep. It contains some some content, right, right. you know, and it's got a, like a published date. Yeah. I think that's the expected behavior of a comment, right? right? Uh, if comments need to be nestable, Okay, or right, has right. parent has right or something like that. Yeah. Then I think that might be a feature yep. that can go in a trade. Right? That's a that's exactly the use case. Like that that is what would happen with me, and that actually kind of did in our case because tags could be related to each other, and I just had a tag model, and it was so it was like tagception, a, a model being related to itself. It gets really weird. So I made a trait called relates to other tags, and it it eased my pain. So similar sort of scenario. I agree with it. I'm glad you made it through that. Yeah, I did. Me too. 20 minutes, 38 seconds. All right. And it might even be more than that, but but so be it. Yep. Well, (laughs) our podcast is 25 minutes long. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to keep going. And next (laughs) next month, it will be 30 minutes long. Right. Until eventually we die. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Shout out to Jared White for providing this music.